I want to encourage each and every one of you that it, it really does start with a, like being it starts with a decision, right? It's the decision uh, to go do the thing, even if you don't know what it is or how, you know, what it ultimately is going to become, or if you don't know exactly what you're doing, just making the decision that you're going to go figure it out is going to change, you know, and give yourself a window. Tell yourself like, all right, I'm going to figure this out over the next two months and, uh, you know, be diligent with it. And then after those two months are over, you know, did it work? Yay or nay? Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Um, I just want to share a little bit of backstory with you on my path to becoming a CEO and all of the messy action that I took to get here. And um, I just want to qualify that and say here is relative because I still feel like I'm growing and learning and uh you know, I haven't hit all the mile markers in my head that that self-doubt, right, uh, that justify me calling me CEO. <laughs> it's weird to say, yeah, I'm the CEO. Sometimes it doesn't feel right still. So anyway, I'm very excited to think back through this stuff. It's fun to reminisce. I lived in LA for a really long time. And while I was in LA, I was doing music. Uh, and basically, the goal was to become super famous, tour the world with my band and be uh, doing the, the the music thing for the rest of my life. That's all I wanted to do uh, since, uh, I don't know, I guess middle school, high school, I thought that'd be pretty cool. Um, after um, being a super famous soccer star was not physically possible for me because I was a tiny little kid. The, uh, the band thing seemed to make sense. Plus I fit in and uh, I loved it and I'm good at that stuff. So when I got to LA, in order to get paid, I ended up working for a startup company. And you probably heard me mention that before, and I won't really go into the specifics of that, but it was a great opportunity for me to meet people, to learn a little bit about like, how do you work in a company? Because I'd never done that. I'd only worked for like retail or in restaurants before that. And um, I hadn't like uh, been in a corporate environment uh, before. And it wasn't really corporate. It was very startup, you know, style. And basically the the whole idea was uh, tech, social networking stuff. And uh, that company uh, failed after two years. And that was devastating. Really, really, really devastating. Uh, I had a lot of trust in the, the people who were leading the team. And we had a great team. And we ultimately spent two years making a lot of really cool little things that never really took off. And that was a shame. But from that, I learned uh, a lot about hard work and, you know, being on time and all those kinds of things. Um, I got hired into another company and that company was cool. I had a chance to run uh, a blog and the blog was uh, uh, actually being handled by a bunch of interns. So I brought on a bunch of interns to do the writing and I had basically to teach them. I, I was the first time really, truly leading a team. 
And uh, we had uh, all these different bloggers all over the country. And then basically that company uh, fired me <laughs> after like a year and change, right? The, um, the CEO w- took some very dramatic measures. He let go of the entire marketing team, including um, the blog uh, department. And uh, uh, they went like 100% the advertising route and they just cut out any organic reach, any social, anything. They let go of um, me and two other people that uh, we were all working together. And um, that was, I kind of saw the writing on the wall, so it wasn't really as devastating when that happened, but um, that company was very corporate, right? The people I worked for were, used to run major companies, big companies. Uh, you know, they they had uh, very corporate expectations. I learned all that kind of stuff from them. And then I um, actually basically didn't work for like a solid year. And I uh, spent my time uh, working uh, one night a week at a restaurant and um, living, living very, very frugally, but dedicating all of my time towards music. Every single day I was working on music and it was probably, um, even though I had no money at all, uh, it was one of my favorite times because I was uh, living with some friends and I was also uh, working diligently on music. That's when I started touring and um, being very intentional towards growing that. Then I got a phone call after a solid year of basically putting myself into debt, I got a phone call from uh, some of the people I used to work with and they hired me to work on another project. And uh, uh, that was great because it, um, actually I was really uh, hesitant to go back and work for a startup company because I loved what I was doing, even though I was making no money, but it was complicated and, and I got a dog and I decided I needed to actually get paid consistently. So that was the first time I worked for the company that I then spent the bulk of my career at. And that was a startup company that was more of like a startup house. We had a lot of projects going all the time. And um, I will spare you the details of that because we had so many projects over the years. I worked for them for six years, uh, six years, seven years, something like that. And along the way, it was a larger company. There was like, I think, 80 people. Um, and I was kind of part of uh, different teams and shifted through uh, to do different roles. And uh, at the end of it, by the end of it, I was um, the general manager. And my job was really to uh, poke my head into the different projects and make sure that they weren't you know, losing too much money. Uh, I jokingly like to say, but really just it was about uh, how can I help out, you know, with all of the crazy uh, random uh, experiences of different hats I'd worn over the years at this point. Um, So like at this point, it was probably like almost 10 years in startup companies, right? And um, from account management to marketing to uh, being the middleman internally uh, between the CEO and design and dev. I mean, so many different roles. And uh, but but that company uh, was the first time that I actually, um, uh, there was a shift in my thinking in that company uh, because it was the first time I thought to myself like, hmm, that's not how I would do it. And um, that was a surprising thought to me because before I was like, well, someone's telling me what to do and I'm just going to go do my job. And uh, it was it was the uh, first time I thought like, huh, if I had the bankroll that these guys have, I would do things differently. And this is how I would do them. And I really started to analyze uh, how 
how I would have done things differently and why would I have done things differently. And, you know, I used to say, if someone gave me a million dollars, I would know exactly what to do with it. That was an interesting turning point, I think. And that's kind of what really led me down this path of being my own boss. Now, I, I never thought I'd be a CEO because that wasn't even on the radar. I just knew that I would leave. Uh, eventually, I would work for myself. I would have my own company um, and I would do something, right? And ultimately, that decision came uh, when I had a, a really uh, challenging uh, transition internally uh, when a project I'd worked on for a number of years actually sold to another company and I was expecting to transition with the company to this new uh, ownership. And and I ended up instead staying at the company I was with. And that was, I had a really hard time with that because for six months to a year, I was like working diligently to get the, re- the company ready to sell. And I knew I was going to go run the company over there, be second, you know, I was, wasn't going to be the CEO, I was going to be the COO. And that's not how it ended up happening. And that was really, really, really difficult. But that's really um, what made me realize I need to, I need to move out on, on my own, I need to do my own thing. And um, when I finally did that, the the first thing I did, I had started while I was working for the for that company. Um, I had a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, had started a web development company, and I was always very nerdy with websites. I'd been doing them for the bands I was in and my friends, and just like constantly fascinated by WordPress and technology and stuff. And so I ended up joining his company uh, that he had started, uh, and he and I became partners. And it was a uh, a lot of fun. We worked together um, on nights and weekends for many years. And that was kind of always happening in the background because I was doing my job during the day. And then at night, I would noodle around on websites or I would do some sales calls and emails and whatever. And we were building websites. Be Until You See It is brought to you by Brad and I going to Cambodia. That's right. And you too. you got to come with us. Yeah, we're going to be there for a retreat uh, this year, the end of this year, from October 30th for five days through November 4th. Yeah. And here's the deal. So we set it up specifically so you can leave work. Get on a plane, you arrive in Cambodia, we do Pilates every day, we do breath work, we do goals coaching, we're gonna tour temples, we need amazing food, you need to stay at our house, and space is really limited because it's at our house. Yeah, it's at our house, and for those of you who do math, like me, it's six days, not five, I just did it on my fingers, like, oh yeah, right? Uh, so He's the, really excited. <laughs> um, we can only take 20 people. Yeah. Okay, so space is extremely limited, everybody's really been telling us how much they wanna join us, yeah. So do not wait. Get yourself on the uh, wait list for this. Actually, we're past the wait list. Get yourself on the... Uh, Get on the landing page and yeah, snag Sign your up spot. for this. Uh, go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. Yeah. So if you have questions, feel free to ask. DM us everything. I understand Cambodia seems like it's really far away. I promise you, once you are there, it is amazing. It is out of this world incredible. And this is our first retreat since our last retreat, which was in March of 2020. Yeah. So we are excited. Our team there is so enthusiastic to welcome us back. They can't wait. And the place looks amazing. Anyways, I just spent a full month there preparing for this retreat. And I'm telling you, a, I'm so excited. Our place is ready to go and it's really exciting. All you need to do is get yourself there. We will pick you up from the airport. We will take you to where you're going to stay and then you're going to be able to eat with us, practice with us, hang with us all week long. This is it's, not This is not one of those retreats where they only feed you two meals a day. We feed no, you. You're with us we, all week. 
Once we arrive and kick this retreat off, it's dinner Sunday and then three meals a day until Friday morning we eat breakfast and we take you to the airport and to wherever you want to go, whether it's back home or maybe you go somewhere else because once you're in Southeast Asia, you can keep going. You can, yeah, but uh, lock your spot in today by uh, making your deposit. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. See you in Cambodia. So when I left the role, the job that I was in, it became the obvious first step was let's let's work together more closely. Let's see if we can grow this thing. Let's see if we can make this thing make enough money to pay both of us um, instead of just like a side income. It would like how can we make this a primary income? And um, it was uh, at the same time that I had a couple of other friends had approached me to do some other things. And one of them uh, asked me if I wanted to help do product development um, on a small company. Uh, And so I said, sure. And then a third friend and I had been doing uh, live streaming for uh, a company that, or for a, a, a a TV show that we'd been working on. So I ended up leaving that role and immediately starting three companies at the same time or growing one company that had already been started and then starting two other companies as well. And um, so I was very split. And then in the meantime, I was also helping Leslie at night. And it was a, it was a crazy couple of years where uh, two, two solid years where ultimately um, I really, uh, I was able to pay my bills and like, you know, get enough money to eat and stuff like that. But it was not actually a uh, real growing opportunities. Uh, They weren't like actually uh, turning into what we had all hoped they were turning into. And that was really frustrating. It was really a shame because I was actually working with my friends who I love dearly. Um, All three of them were some of my closest friends and uh, at, at, you know, at the time. And, and there became this like realization that like something isn't working here. We're spinning our wheels. We're not actually growing. Um, and it's not like not putting food on the table, uh, let alone becoming a company where we could like grow a team and build a team. Um, and at that time was when a, a, um, uh, Leslie uh, joined a, a mastermind group with uh, a, a power couple, Chris and Lori Harder, and she told me uh, she really, 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 really wanted me to come join, and I was very hesitant to do to do so because it was expensive, and I was very, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have any extra cash, and so my money mindset was not helping any any of my businesses, and it certainly wasn't helping me uh, grow. And but she convinced me to do it anyway, and I'm so glad I did because. Um, I was paired up with a coach, a one-on-one coach, and he basically told me like, hey man, all this stuff you're doing with these three companies, uh, you should stop and uh, you should you should actually uh, throw, uh, throw in uh, all, you know, throw your weight in behind Leslie and you should work with her. And that was so appealing to me, but I was really, really worried about um, burdening her, her budding company with my uh, salary. You know, because I knew I had to make X amount of dollars per month, and I've also been in so many uh, positions where I've seen too much strain, financial strain on a company out of the gate, uh, actually um, crush the company, and nothing happened. And I was really, really worried that if if I let go of these the side incomes that I had that weren't growing the way that we had all hoped, uh, that suddenly um, uh, I would also I could also sink uh, what she had been working on and. Our coach basically said, you, you're going to make enough money. You just have to do it. And um, it took me a little bit to make the decision. Um, but as soon as I made the decision, um, I started 
slowing down the work when those three companies, uh, one of them I was able to step away from uh, very quickly. Another one, we had a bunch of gigs still that we had to complete. And then the last one took literally a year to actually shut down and extricate and all this stuff because it was a, it was pretty complicated. But I had started uh, putting my operational experience in behind Leslie and really working on her websites and changing the way that the flow in the company had worked. And the um, uh, switch to CEO didn't actually happen right away. I was ops. She was the owner of the company. It was her company she started, uh, right? So she was the CEO by, I guess, default. I don't know. It was a small team. It was us um, and like two other people. And so there's four of us. And I, I don't know, the concept of CEO wasn't really a thing. And also I was very, you know, happy with her making the decisions and doing what she was doing. And I would just execute because execution is kind of like my sweet spot. It's where I feel comfortable. It's uh, my where all my strengths are. And the operational execution side of things uh, is it's home for me, right? And uh, funny enough, though, that wasn't where I, I saw myself in, in my own mind, even though that was where my strengths are and what I'm good at in my head, I was like, you know what? I see myself making the decisions and, you know, leading the team and building relationships with other companies and, you know, and being that, that role. And, uh, Leslie had also, uh, uh basically said like, I hate being in meetings. I hate doing all this stuff. I don't want to make these kinds of decisions. I'm a visionary. I want to conceptualize what the product is, and then bring it to the team, and and you know we they can build the team, build that stuff. And we had been um, we we didn't come to that realization quickly or easily. Uh, we were working with another coach, Kareen Walsh, and she had said, you know, she had put us through a couple of exercises. And after the exercises were over, she started laughing when she was looking at uh, what we had um, drawn out and what, how we described ourselves. And she said, you two are in the wrong roles. And we said, well, what does that mean? She said, well, he's the CEO and you're the, you're the chief product officer. You know, you're the visionary or whatever. And uh, suddenly it was like, oh, duh, that totally makes sense. Uh, you know, so... Uh, when we got home, you know, <laughs> nothing formally changed except for we just started calling ourselves the different things. But I, I think mentally it really did change. You know, it, it put me in a position to think like, wow, I if I'm going to be the boss, you know, what does that mean? How do I show up? And it really did shift my mindset on being more present and, you know, connecting with the team and thinking like a leader and learning a lot about that kind of stuff. All right, where my teachers at, my studio owners, my apprentices at, my home studio owners, independent teachers, I'm talking to you. I want you to listen up right now. Here's the deal. There's a, so much admin that is required to run a business and it could mean the difference between you growing your business and you having time off. And the important thing to me is that you have time off. You have time away from your business because you do not work 24 seven. And I know you're thinking, oh, it's just one hour on this one day or it's not really a big deal. My clients text me and then I book them. And, you know, I really like to book them because I like to be in control. Stop right there. <laughs> Here's the deal. You have to have a barrier between you and your business it is so important that you get to have a day off where you are not being texted by a client who wants to reschedule a session from two weeks from today, but then they want a day that you don't have and you're going back and forth. It's just this once. It's not just this once. It's happening too often. And so I want you to try the 30-day trial of the scheduling tool that I have partnered up with. It is freaking amazing. They have over 33 features. I have a coaching video for each one of those features to let you know if it's right for your business. 
And every single week, anybody who's using my version of the scheduling tool gets coaching tips from me. That's right, coaching tips from me. So you are not alone in running your business and you get to feel like you have this 24 seven assistant you've always wanted. Plus they have an incredible support team, like literally real life human beings who will help you transfer from whatever tool you have to theirs. And if you don't have one yet, they're still gonna be able to help you. Do not be scared of the tech. I promise you, your phone is more technological than what you're going to be using for the scheduling tool. So go to Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool. Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool to get on this 30-day trial. So that's kind of the path that took me, that uh, that I took, I guess, to become CEO. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of, it wasn't linear by any means. It wasn't like, okay, and then I climbed the corporate ladder and now I'm the boss. And I I have a feeling that it's never linear. It's very, very rarely um, that you start at the bottom and you and you become the the boss. You know, so I don't know that it's necessarily replicable. However, looking at that and uh, thinking, what are the messy action like? What are the steps I took? How was I being it while that was happening? You know, I think that's kind of something that can be replicated by you know, and something that you can take away from my experiences and, you know, the things that I was doing to be it when I was, you know, before I even started in tech, when I was in the band, you know, I saw myself touring. I saw myself recording for others, writing, being in a band. And even though I, you know, I had no money and no, you know, I had a little bit of a network when I moved to Los Angeles because of my school, but I would go out all the time and I would meet people and I would intentionally, uh, I would introduce myself as, uh, oh yeah, I'm a musician, I'm a bass player, I'm, I'm a singer, I'm a writer, you know, and I was speaking it uh, while doing it, even though I wasn't making money doing it, but that's what I was out there to do, right? And when I got into um, a startup company, uh, you know, the the first thing that these guys asked me was like, you know, have you ever done marketing? And I was like, hell yeah, I've done marketing. You know, I've marketed uh, myself and my bands since I was a teenager to get people to show up to a club and me play a show for them, right? And they they were like, yeah, okay, that's, uh, you know, but like in a corporate environment, I had never done that before, you know, so this was new to me, but I was like, I know how to do this. I'm going to figure it out, you know, so then I, when I got into those companies, um, there wasn't anybody telling me, this is how you become an account manager. There was no real training because in a startup company, you're kind of making it up as you go along. You know, so I would go read blogs and books. Uh, you know, when I uh, stepped into the role of COO um, of a skin and hair care brand, the first thing I did for like weeks was like, what does a COO do? How does a COO operate? You know, and I would then just start to make decisions and implement that stuff as it was, as, you know, we were all working together. And even though I, I did feel like oh, I'm, not, I'm just a, I'm just an operations guy. I'm not a COO. Stepping into that role, it's the same thing as I was talking about with being a CEO. When I stepped in the role of CEO, it changes the way you show up for yourself, right? And that I think is um, important. You know, there's like a, I think over the years I've seen moments in my life where I know, okay. From this point forward, uh, at least for a short window, it's it's crunch time or it's go time, right? Like it's time to uh, uh, be buckled down and really kick ass. And it's going to be three solid months of like, you know, 
intense work and then I'm going to have a breather. And those kinds of moments are real. They really shape you because you are making a real decision that you wake up with and you go and you do the thing. And then, you know, you uh, get the chance at the end of that, that window of time uh, to look back and go, did I do what I needed to do? And when you, uh, when you do that, it, it really does have a, 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 like a lifelong effect on you in a, in a way that gives you that confidence. Suddenly you are, um, you know, you can do it, right? You know that if you need to, when you need to, you can buckle down and get it done, whatever it might be. And that could be, you know, opening a Pilates studio, or it could be raising a kid. I mean, maybe you have an 18 year sprint, you know, for that. And I uh, don't envy any of you doing that, but it could be, um, you know, getting a puppy and learning how to train a dog, you know, it could take six to 12 months uh, of consistency to, in order to, you know, get the dog where they are listening to you, whatever. It could be um, training a new person on your team or, t- or hiring a teacher and you have to like show them the ropes and okay, for the next two months, I'm going to like every day diligently work with this person. And when you're done that, even though you never called yourself a trainer before, now now you you've been doing it. You're you've been being it until afterwards. Now you're you are it, and you see yourself as that. And you go, yeah, I did that. I know how to do that now. You know, I I'm uh, grateful for you listening. Uh, if you're still with me here, and I I want to encourage each and every one of you that it it really does start with a like being it starts with a decision, right? It's the decision uh, to go do the thing, even if you don't know what it is or how, you know, what it ultimately is going to become, or if you don't know exactly what you're doing, just making the decision that you're going to go figure it out is going to change, you know, and give yourself a window. Tell yourself like, all right, I'm going to figure this out over the next two months and, uh, you know, be diligent with it. And then after those two months are over, you know, did it work? Yay or nay? You know, when I I started those companies uh, with my friends, it became obvious after like, a year and a half, uh, two years that they weren't growing the way we needed them to grow to pay all of our bills. And uh, for any number of reasons, there was a lot of reasons behind that. But um, it was like, okay, I I felt, even though it was hard to separate myself from my closest friends, and it became, there was an obvious, okay, I had given myself the window and then I evaluated at the end of it and it was time to make a decision. And that decision in those cases, unfortunately, was to uh, move on, right? Um, where some other times it might be uh, that, okay, this is going well, uh, let's double down or let's hire a team or let's um, you know, like find another partner or I don't know, whatever, take it on the road. Anyway, I uh, I want you to uh, think about uh, setting yourself a timeline and then going after it for that timeline and then afterwards evaluating, right? Because I think that is going to help you be it till you see it. So uh, let me know how you are going to use these tips in your life. I'm really, uh, I really want to know your story. I want to know, uh, you know, how this is going to impact your story and your life. You can DM, uh, DM us at the pod at be it pod um, on IG. So thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. 
One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.